Once upon a time, there were two brothers named Qasim and Ali Baba, who lived in a certain city of Persia. When their father died, they each received an equal share of his wealth and lost no time in spending and wasting it all. The elder brother, Qasim, however, married the daughter of a rich merchant so that when his father-in-law passed away, he became the owner of a large shop that contained valuable merchandise and a storehouse of precious goods. Moreover, he inherited a great deal of gold buried in the ground. Thus, he became known throughout the town as a prosperous merchant. Meanwhile, Ali Baba had married a poor and needy woman who lived with her in a excuse me and lived with her in a dismal hovel. He eked out a scanty livelihood by gathering wood in a forest and selling it for fuel around his three asses in the bazaar around town. Now, one day, it so happened that Ali Baba had cut some dead branches and had placed the load on his donkeys when suddenly he perceived a cloud of dust high in the air and moving rapidly toward him from the right. When he took a closer look, he was able to distinguish a troop of horsemen who would soon reach him and his sight caused him great alarm, for he was afraid that they might be bandits who would slay him and drive off his donkeys. So he began to run, but since he could not possibly escape the forest in time to avoid them, he drove his donkeys into some nearby bushes and scampered up a huge tree where he hid himself behind some leaves. Fortunately, he could observe everything beneath him without fear of being seen by the people below. And the first thing he noticed was an immense rock that towered above the tree. When the horsemen finally arrived, it was right in front of this rock that they dismounted. And he could see that they were all young and strong. Moreover, it was clear from their looks and demeanor that they were a group of robbers, about 40 in all, who had just attacked a caravan and had carried off the spoils and booty to this place with the intention of hiding it safely in some cachet. Indeed, the saddlebags which the men took from their horses proved to be full of gold and silver, and the men slung their bags over their shoulders. Then the robber, who appeared to be their captain, led the way and pushed through thorns and thickets until he came to a certain spot where he uttered, Open sesame! All at once, a wide doorway appeared in the face of the rock, allowing the robbers to enter, and then the portal shut by itself. Although they were now inside the cave, Ali Baba remained perched on the tree, for he knew that the robbers could come out of the cave at any moment and slay him if they caught him descending the tree. Nevertheless, after waiting a long time, he became tired and decided to mount one of their horses, herd his donkeys together, and then head toward the town. Just as he reached his decision, the portal flew open and the chief emerged. Standing at the entrance, he counted his men as they came out, and finally... He spoke the magic words, shut, sesame, and the door closed by itself. After he inspected his men, they all slung their saddlebags onto their horses and bridled them. As soon as they were ready, they rode off, and their chief led them in the direction that they had come from. That is the beginning, or rather the opening chapter of Ali Baba and the 40 Thieves. As in the original story, adapted from Richard E. Burton's An Expurgated Translation, that is Arabian Nights, Volume 1, the famous Arabian Nights 
uh, brought to the world by Sir Richard Francis Burton, 1821 to 1890. A gifted linguist, daring explorer, prolific author, and one of the most flamboyant celebrities of his day. Forced to leave Oxford for unruly behavior, he joined the British Army in India, where he gained a remarkable knowledge of Arabic, Hindustani, and Persian, eventually acquiring 29 languages and many dialects. He led the famed expedition to discover the source of the Nile and, disguised as a Muslim, made a pilgrimage to the then-forbidden city of Mecca and penetrated the sacred city of Harar in unexplored East Africa. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 8.06 a.m. It is Friday, May 15th, thousand. And two, and you're tuned in to the number one podcast in Aurora, the only daily morning news show slash podcast of Aurora coming to you live every single day from downtown Aurora and broadcasting out to the rest of our wonderful city. We got a lot to talk about today. Um, at well, as you guys know that we do a uh, daily interview Every day at 8.30, but we have a new establishment going on with us at Good Morning Aurora. Our famous co-host, Sal, Siggy Sal, my man Sam. Um, Mondays, he will be featured at the 8.30 time slot as we will discover, or rather we'll go over, what we want our Monday self to, uh, you know, think about or want and for our Friday self to see if we could do that. I hope I didn't massacre that. I probably did. But Sam will be on at 8.30 to reiterate that and talk about that. And we'll be recapping um, this week how everything went and uh, talk about what we look forward to for the weekend and going into next week as well. Uh, so we've got some updates for you guys today as well. There's some things taking place today and for the weekend that are very important. So we're going to detail those to you uh, and let that be known here in a minute. Uh, the weather is extremely gloomy outside. It is a dark, sullen, overcast day today, um, which, you know, for some people in your mood, it might be, might be good for you. But it is a very cloudy day and everything. And I have not yet had my coffee. All right. Time is now 8.08 a.m. So let's go through what we've got for you guys today. This is a reminder that the free mask drive through giveaway will be taking place um, tomorrow, Saturday, May 16th. And that'll be from 10 a.m. to noon at the Aurora Transportation Center downtown, a.k.a. the Metro Station, right there attached to True Brothers, or excuse me, to Two Brothers. Uh, so come on out for that. The City of Aurora, in collaboration with Dr. Willie Wilson, will be donating 1,000 masks to help spread. Excuse me, to help stop the spread of COVID-19. They'll be having 1,000 masks, giving them away. So come on out. It's a drive-through giveaway. Uh, and again, that's the Aurora Transportation Center, which is downtown Aurora on Broadway, next to at, attached to Two Brothers and across the street from Jake's Bagel and Deli. The Aurora Stable Fund, stable, standing together with Aurora Business's local emergency fund, the Aurora Stable Fund, uh, a forgivable loan program to help stabilize small businesses impacted by the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, the application for that can be found at www.investaurora.org. 
or the deadline is today. This is a partnership with Invest Aurora and the wonderful folks over there at the Aurora Regional Chamber of Commerce. The fund will provide $1.4 million in forgivable loans to small businesses. That application is due today by 5 p.m. If you get it in at 5, 10 p.m., you're late. 5 p.m., baby, 5 p.m. Uh, and again, the application can be found at www.investaurora.org. Your Library at Home program by the Aurora Public Library. And that's um, this Saturday, well, rather, it's been taking place all week, and there's been a good number of initiatives taking place as well. Um, but this Saturday, uh, the 16th, at 3 p.m., is children's program, Elite Chess. Elite Chess, and that's ages 5 through 8 with chess experience. Please register for that. And you can access all of their programs via Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. That's the Aurora Public Library. So, yeah, get the smart kids, you know. You know, that's what's up. Age 5 through 8 playing chess. Um, how many of your 5 and 8-year-olds playing chess? Super woke. But, yeah, do that. That's going to be awesome. I might tune in and check that out. Uh, elite chess. Uh, so, as you guys know, one of the things that we do is we give a daily update on the uh, COVID-19 totals. Ooh, excuse me. It's early. It's 8, 11 a.m. That was a yawn for you guys out there. Podcast, radio land, chilling at home, wherever you're at. My bad. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, so at this moment on cdc.gov, there are currently 1,380, excuse me, 1,000 excuse me, 1,384,930 total cases. I completely massacred that. With 20,869 new cases. Total deaths, 83,947. With 1,701 new deaths. That's compared to yesterday's data. All of this information you can find at cdc.gov. On their homepage, it also breaks down cases and deaths by state. There is a colored map. And there are also cases and deaths by county, new cases by day, cases by age, cases by race and age, and cases by ethnicity and age. Um, there's an interesting chart, the ethnicity and age chart. The following chart shows the, or should be that chart shows the ethnicity of people with COVID-19. Data was collected from 1,097,519 people, but ethnicity was only available for 481,318, which is 43.9% of people. Uh, and as you know, or as we know, COVID-19 has been hitting uh, Latino populations and African-American populations very, very hard. The time is now 8.13 a.m. So I've got two wonderful articles that I'm going to share with you guys today. These articles are so awesome. They're very good. They're very poignant. And um, we're going to, they are directly um, relevant to what's going on right now in terms of the COVID-19. And the other one is about um, law enforcement. And it's about a thing called qualified immunity. You ever heard of that? If you haven't, stay tuned. Uh, the time is now 8.13 a.m. Just to recap, 
about this show. Um, good morning, Aurora. We are the first daily news podcast here in the city of Aurora, broadcasting from downtown Aurora out. But this podcast serves two purposes. The first is social justice. We will be diligent in speaking up for, or rather speaking out about and against uh, you know, injustice. We will be speaking on social justice and highlighting those things um, that affect us as a people and a community. Also, this podcast serves to serve the underserved. Um, so our populations that are vulnerable will be speaking out for them as much as humanly possible. Our veterans, our seniors, our folks uh, with disabilities, uh, our undocumented populations, members of the LBGT community, uh, everybody who needs a voice, we aim to try to be that voice for them. And it also includes our business folks downtown Aurora who um, have been or rather found themselves negatively impacted due to COVID-19. It shut down a lot of businesses, and that was not a good thing. Lots of businesses had just come up, or rather just opened, and just started to get their sea legs. That's a Navy term for you guys out there. Um, just started to get their sea legs underneath them. And then, boom, a missile hits the side of the ship, and they were not prepared for either K or I-type shoring. That's more Navy reference for you. I'll stop. Um, yeah, that just goes to say that you know, they had just started doing good business and then COVID-19 came and, you know, they were unsure of how they were going to get by. Uh, some businesses had their very first first Friday. Can you imagine that? Before uh, COVID-19 came and everything got shut down. So we'll be their voice as well. Um, so shout out to our friends at the Cottonseed Creative Exchange, for example. So uh, one of the articles, or rather the first article I'm going to start out with... <clears throat> It's a fantastic article I saw in the Beacon News about downtown Aurora, and it details leaders of down excuse me leaders of Aurora Downtown Business Association urge city to reopen. Hang on one second here, get out of here. Uh, yeah, leaders of Aurora Downtown urge the city to reopen. They fear. Hold on one second. Do I really have to describe? I'm not going to do that. Aha, there we go. Okay. Um, so they fear what the city will look like if it does not reopen. Having some technical difficulties with that. Let me see if I can pull that up elsewhere. And I think I can. The time is now 8.16 a.m. I fear what this uh, leaders of Aurora Downtown Business Association urge city to reopen. I fear what this downtown will look like. Uh, leaders of Aurora Downtown, leaders of the Aurora Downtown organization are calling on city leaders to advocate for reopening businesses. In an email to city leaders Thursday, Aurora Downtown Chairwoman Kim Graham Holm asked how the city and her organization could work together to, quote, challenge the governor to resume a more functional state of business, end quote. As I'm sure you're aware, Aurora's downtown business community is struggling and simply not able to sustain the current shutdowns, she wrote. I fear what this downtown will look like if we do not fully open for business in the coming weeks. Granholm, who owns longtime Aurora downtown business, uh, excuse me, who owns longtime Longtime downtown business Aurora Fast Print said she thought there was no right answer, 
but the next step about the next steps to take and people would be hurt whether businesses remain closed or reopen but she said downtown is struggling amid the shutdown especially with the closure of the paramount theater and the cancellation of the summer's performances at river's edge park she said the request that aurora advocate for reopening was decided upon by the executive board of the organization which functions as a type of public-private partnership with the city. It had not yet been brought before the full Aurora Downtown Board, she said, adding that time was of the essence and the organization's next full board meeting was not for another week. At a city council meeting Tuesday, Aurora officials said they were working with other groups to see whether the, the area could be removed from the Chicago and Cook County region of the state's reopening plan, which they thought might allow the city to reopen sooner. We have two real charges, Mayor Richard Irving said. The first is to protect our citizens, and the second is to safeguard our livelihoods. If we don't balance the two, we will be in a dire circumstance. To try to minimize spread of the virus, Governor J.B. Pritzker has ordered most businesses to remain closed and restricted most gatherings until at least the end of May. That's this month. After that, the governor has laid out a plan for reopening in phases, and each phase depends on whether a city's designated region has met certain criteria such as lower infection rates and hospitalizations. Uh, this article can be found, uh, again, it's in the Beacon News. It was a uh, very, very, very good article published just yesterday by a wonderful reporter, Sarah Freestadt. I believe that's how you pronounce that. I'm sorry, Sarah, if I massacred your name. The time is now 8.19 a.m. Uh, the second article that I want to share to you uh, is a very good, very strong, very sound article. Uh, this article comes from Reuters. That's actually one of my favorite publications. Uh, I really like Reuters. I'm a big fan of them. But we will get into this. For Cops Who Kill, Special Supreme Court Protection. The U.S. High Court's continual refinement of an obscure legal doctrine has made it harder to hold police accountable when accused of using excessive force. This details something that's called qualified immunity. I want you guys to know about this. Staff at the local hospital in tiny Medill, Oklahoma, called the police in the early evening of March 24, 2011, for help giving Johnny Lasia an injection to calm him, security cameras captured much of the ensuing encounter. The officers, after shooting Lasia with a stun gun, follow him down a corridor, shock him again, and wrestle him to the floor. One officer then straddles Lasia's back, trying to handcuff him, and the other struggle to pull back his arms. They get one handcuff on, Lasia goes limp, the officers step back, the hospital staff drops to Lasia's side and began a futile effort to resuscitate him. The Oklahoma Chief Medical Examiner's Office determined that Lasia, his lungs already compromised by pneumonia, was starved for oxygen in his struggle with the police and died from, quote, respiratory insufficiency, end quote. The county sheriff and the Mado police chief defended the officer's actions as appropriate to the situation. The cops were not charged with any wrongdoing. Irma Aldaba, however, blamed the officers for her son's death. My son wasn't a criminal. My son was weak. Excuse me, my son was sick, she said in an interview. So Aldaba took the only other route open for people in her situation. She sued. 
Her lawsuit in federal district court in Muskogee, Oklahoma, alleged that the three officers used excessive force, violating her son's civil rights under the Fourth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which, progress, which protects against unreasonable search and seizure. But almost immediately, her case hit a formidable obstacle, a little-known legal doctrine called qualified immunity. This 50-year-old creation of the U.S. Supreme Court is meant to protect government employees from frivolous litigation. In recent years, however, it has become a highly effective shield in thousands of lawsuits seeking to hold cops accountable when they are accused of using excessive force. And then it goes on to state that, or rather um, about qualified immunity. Even when courts find police use too much force, they still often grant immunity. Here's a few cases. David Becker suffered brain damage after a cop smashed him to the ground in Herbert City, Utah. Laszlo Latitz shot dead while in a car and trying to reverse away from police in Ferndale, Michigan. Um, back at the, excuse me, Appellate courts apply a two-part test to determine whether to grant immunity to police accused of using excessive force. Here's how the test was applied in 252 cases from 2015 to 2019. In part one, the court considers whether police used excessive force in violation of the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution. If yes, the court moves to part two of the test. If no, qualified immunity is immediately granted. Since 2009, the Supreme Court has allowed appellate courts to skip part one. Courts have increasingly chosen this option. In part two, the court determines whether police should have known their actions violated the Constitution because court precedent clearly established their, conflict, excuse me, their conduct was unlawful. If yes, the case goes to trial. If no, qualified immunity is granted. Part two, is there clearly established law? In more than half of the cases during this period, the court granted immunity to the police. Most cases are granted qualified immunity. Very, 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 very few are denied qualified immunity. Aldaba's lament that's the mother of the man killed in Oklahoma, has become an increasingly common one. Even as the proliferation of police body cameras and bystander cell phone video has turned a national spotlight on extreme police tactics, qualified immunity under the careful stewardship of the Supreme Court is making it easier for officers to kill or injure civilians with impunity. The Supreme Court's role is evident in how the federal appeals court which take their cue from the high court, treat qualified immunity. In the unprecedented analysis of appellate court records, Reuters found that since 2005, the courts have shown an increasing tendency to grant immunity in excessive force cases. Rulings that the district courts below them must follow. The trend has accelerated in recent years. It is even more pronounced in cases like Lajas, when civilians were unarmed in their encounters with police, and when in courts concluded that the facts could convince a jury that police actually did excessive force. Let's read that again. 
The trend has accelerated in recent years. It is even more pronounced in cases like Lacia's, when civilians were unarmed in their encounters with police, and when courts concluded that the facts could convince a jury that police actually did use excessive force. In excessive force cases against police, the courts in between 2005 and 2007, 56% of cases favored the plaintiff with 44% favoring the police. From 2017 to 2019, 57% of excessive force cases against police, the courts 57% of the time favored the police with 43% favoring the plaintiff. Reuters found among the cases it analyzed that more than three dozen or rather, let me start over. Reuters found among the cases it analyzed more than three dozen in which qualified immunity protected officers whose actions had been deemed unlawful. Outside of Dallas, Texas, five officers fired 17 shots at a bicyclist who was 100 yards away, killing him. In the case of mistaken identity, in Herbert City, Utah, an officer threw, the, threw to the ground a man, an unarmed man he had pulled over for a cracked windshield, leaving the man with brain damage. In Prince George's County, Maryland, an officer shot a man in a mental health crisis who was stabbing himself and trying to slit his own throat. The increasing frequency of such cases has prompted a growing chorus of criticism from lawyers, legal scholars, civil rights groups, politicians, and even judges that qualified immunity, as applied, is unjust. Spanning the political spectrum, this broad coalition says the doctrine has become a nearly fail-safe tool to let police brutality go unpunished and deny victims their constitutional right. The High Court has indicated it is aware of the mounting criticism of its treatment of qualified immunity. After letting multiple appeals backed by the doctrine's critics pile up, the justices are scheduled to discuss privately as soon as May 15th today. How about that? Which, if any, of 11 such cases they could hear later this year. Interesting. Qualified immunity. This article and the article in regards to the downtown Aurora board will both be posted on our Good Morning Aurora Facebook page for you to check out. We'll also post links to those and a highlight on our Instagram page as well. The time is now 8.28 a.m. And we are going to talk to Salvatore, our man and author of 24 Rungs, an ASMR journey to recovery. I'm going to get started a minute or so early with our, uh, with our wonderful interview time. Check in with our co-host, Sam. Sam, how are you today, brother? I'm good. I'm good. You hear me all right? Yes, sir. We can hear you. We can hear you good. We can hear you good. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. That's good, Thank man. You my way. You. How you feeling? Good, man. Getting, uh, getting to Aurora, getting through Aurora, and uh, going to look after those old folks, you know? All right. That's right. Yeah, I got to make sure they're good. <laughs> right. 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 Make sure they're taken care of. So, so Sam, I had, um, I had talked, I think I kind of massacred it, but you and I talked about um, starting Monday for what our Friday self yeah. would be thankful for. Okay. Can, you, can yeah. you explain that to the audience and uh, reiterate that for us? No doubt. So, um, 
yeah, on our Instagram at the Bright Arts and, and on the podcast, we're starting to do a live video. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are putting content out and, you know, trying to motivate this, that, or the other thing. Really, the only motivation is action. And so uh, on Mondays, you know, I pose the question to myself, which then through the various, you know, media outlets that, you know, I interact with, you know, kind of put that question out to the universe to kind of help keep myself accountable and other people might, you know, like that. Because the thing is, is sometimes things look big. I need to lose weight. I need more money. I need a job. I need to be safe. Like the, the end goal seems like it's the destination and it's like, that end goal is just the sum of proper planning through these parts. And it's difficult. And especially, you know, if you, you know, aren't raised in that, maybe in that silver spoon mentality. Even if you are, it's sometimes difficult because, you know, having everything provided for you and then having to struggle for everything, like finding that balance, I think, leads to the overall goal. So what happens is, as I know it's happened for me, when I feel in a rut or I feel stuck or I'm just like, ah, I, like I need something new, it's usually from lazy thinking or or just lazy in my own habits. So then what gets depleted is in my mind, like when I go to that file in my mind to think of a success or something that I've accomplished recently, that could be empty. So something small, that was like with the book I wrote, and then as well with this idea of starting on Monday to start to build that file in your mind that of successes, small successes. So what I say on Monday is, is what is our Monday self going to do that our Friday selves will be thankful for. Just simple, like a simple thing. It's not on you. It's not me. Not a holier than not. Not some guru. Not some some motivational speaker telling you. So this is like, what are you gonna do? Like, is it okay? Are you gonna get the fried chicken sandwich, or are you gonna get the grilled chicken? Are you gonna have a plant based meal? Are you gonna have some prep that has low vibrational needs? Like, these are the things that will separate who thrives and who doesn't during this process. Because right. you know. I'm in, I'm in, you know, in sales and marketing and it's like, people are sleeping. They're using this as an excuse where it's really, it's like the new industrial revolution. Like everything's changed, like it or leave it. It's what's going on. Right. Very true. Very true. So what are you uh, happy with about your, um, what's your Friday self happy about? So honestly, it was just, and, and this, it seems a little, I just want to put it as simple as it's like, you know, it's just like, paying more attention to my dental care. As silly as that sounds, it's just like making more of an effort to provide for, you know, to think about my future self. Um, so this was like adding some things into my daily routine that took better care of my teeth. Um, you know, so it's like, okay. And what I'm, the void that I'm filling is this, you know, is the gyms being closed. Like some people like, I mean, this, that's my savior. That's my, you know, place, you know, that's my time to, to throw some weight around and get after it. And we don't have that. So I'm trying to play these little mental games that give me that same like feeling of like, Hey, I'm done with the workout. I word, like I took care of my actual physical body better this week. I messed up in so many other ways. I ate that cupcake. I, <laughs> I could have like done a, a body weight workout and I did it. But in that one setting this week, I focused on that. I got it done and I can at least put that feather on my cap. And it's like, no one else knows. It's not that big a deal. I didn't make any more money than I did. Or like, I didn't, you know, further any of my, any of my dreams as much, but I got that done. And when something comes up today, that is going to throw me off my vibration. I'm going to remember that small success that I did. Right. Very good. I like that. I like that. 
Um, well, I, uh, you know, I think for myself, I'm going to say that uh, this podcast and it being our first week is what I am or my Friday self is happy about. You know, um, I really like I really like the fact that we're doing this, you know, so um, I, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Um, so then what that is, so then what that is, that's like Lupe Fiasco, like where he's like, you know, dropping rip, like, like the ripples on the tops of ponds, like, you know, and that's what that, so that's the idea. So anyone who's listening to this, like, that's what you and I are doing. Like, okay, it's a still pond. This is Aurora. Like it's downtown Path right now. Like it, there's no bustle. Like there's no one out. There's nothing you can do. Like this casino is closed. Like, you know what? And, and honestly, that's bad. But you know what? There's probably some degenerates that could use this couple of weeks off from going to the casino. And it's like, you know, and that might spark some things too. But what it is, is like the ripple that we're dropping that stone. Good morning, Aurora is a stone in this ripple of downtown. And there's a river there. And it's like all these things are, are canceled. So it's like, you hear this, like, it's not about Curtis. It's not about Sammy. It's not about us. It's about this collective of humans that are really pretty evolved considering what's in our mainstream media. Like from a race relations standpoint, from a... You know, helping out our fellow man. Like, our generation is way better than any generation before us. Like, we should give ourselves some credit because that knee-jerk reaction of judgment is at least softened a little bit. Even though the media might want us to think a bit more and there is some things, the general interaction between our generations shows that there's hope for the future if we all stick together now and not get turned away from and not take a blind eye to the, like, sanctity of human life and the people that we interact with. Right, right. Very well said. Very well said. I knew this was going to be a good podcast this morning. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I see so much as a coach, like, I've seen so much interaction of people that is like, those are what I want to see the movies on. Like, there's there's football, basketball, baseball, golf, tennis, chess, teams of, like, this great country of, like, so many different types of people because everyone has that unique inner monologue to themselves. Like, whatever we look like on the outside of the body, yes, is unique. And we can lump ourselves into, okay, well, I'm this, I'm, I'm Italian, I'm Irish, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah, but really what your, your, your real, true, connected source energy is literally unique. No one can hear it. No one has perspective on it. Nothing. So it's like that fact is existing in everyone. And the, I, I struggle. When someone pisses me off or they're rude to me or I'm rude to them, I'm crazy. Like, I forget this whole cosmic, like, metaphysical connection to source and, like, we're all part of the same guy, like, all part of the same thing. Like, yeah, it's easy to get, you know, but that's a positive of some of this is that slowdown. Like, a lot of that nefarious stuff, like, you know, the drug game, like, you know, like, the sex game, like, all these pedophiles going down, like, th- that was a result of commerce a lot. Like, the hotels, that fast living, da 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 like, a lot of that's drying up. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that evil, sick money that that's a goal goes on in plain sight can dry up where it's like, you know, we're not coming from any moral high ground. What we're saying is, is like people need to be every single person, no matter who they are or where they come from, literally deserves to have compassion showed to them because they're alive. They have a connection to source. All of their decision making might be awful. They, they, I, they still don't deserve it blind eye. Hmm. Interesting. 
Did you? So the whole idea, and the whole idea is, it's like it's not capitalism, it's not socialism, it's not. It's whatever works for that specific region. But the thing that's lacking, it's not the president, it's not the governor, it's not. It's the lack of compassion. If you keep the same system, the same roadways, the same everything, it's worked. You just inject five percent compassion, like a little bit more into the decision making, and it's not this like. Oh, I want all the resources for me. I want all the resources for me. Like, oh, that that section of this town. Oh, I'm not really worried about their resources because I want this resource because this is my vote. Like, that's that's irrelevant. It's just a little bit of compassion, and the only way to do it is, is like Lupe said, that ripples on the tops of ponds. Like continuously, draw. like okay, you know what I'm saying? It's like you you're you know you're coming up with these great you know things that people should listen to. You know, like the articles you find and the way you're you're responding to them, like. That's what's up. Like, that's what's needed because we're not telling you what to do. Like, all these YouTube guru, all these podcasts, I'll do this, do this because they've had success for like a certain amount of years. So it's like, oh, I'll tell you how to lose weight. Oh, I'll tell you how to be successful. Oh, I'll tell you how that they should be. No, it's that, like, that's the only reason we're here is to gather the knowledge, to understand where we're coming from, and then go and then say, yes, like, this is my uniqueness. This is where I'm going to be. I'm going to fit into this, like, huge tidal wave of energy and world that's going on. The world is legit spinning around this giant ball of gas like the internet existed in caveman times no one just discovered it like all that technology existed throughout our evolutionary history it's just when we figured it out so who knows what's next right i like that i like that man mega game hey what i have a question for you what does asmr stand for so it's um it's a subculture that is in um on youtube um, and it's, so you know that, that feel, so it's like in, in the, like in the Orient, like towards, uh, like, you know, out that way, there's a lot of loneliness, right? Mm-hmm. So especially in, um, I believe, I mean, again, in fact, check is fine, but like there, there tends to be a little bit more men than women. So there's a lot of people who are lonely. So there was something that was just like called mukbang where these people would eat, eat on YouTube, they would eat, and like people would watch millions and millions of hits called mukbang. Well, what that led to is this this ASMR, which is um, I don't know, you know that feeling like if you're kind of sleeping and like someone kind of like you know brushes your arm and you get those tingles or like those chills down your back. Yeah. All right, so that is something that they found that can evoke from certain sounds, certain vibrational frequencies, certain touches, certain hand movements through video. So that that those triggers that are there put you in this alpha theta state that's similar to like a, a you know a euphoric or like meditational state. It's how they it's how it's how they get like agendas passed through like they through entertainment. Like they'll be the most raunchiest stuff in like old school movies. But since we are in this alpha theta state, we're, we think we're being entertained. Like our fight or flight goes down. And so that, you know, that's how a lot of information gets downloaded to us without us knowing, or, you know, most of the time you talk to people, they're spouting off responses from the news the night before. And like, that's part of the overall goal, but regardless, so with ASMR and it being helpful in recovery, when people are going through either addiction or, you know, they have to make some significant changes, you're searching for that release. So that, you know, so in that release, it's typically people use drugs or alcohol or sex or, you know, for whatever, or it, I mean, yoga, like people can be addicted to anything. So when you're trying to make that change, like you're searching for that release. So ASMR is a non, 
drugging drug or substance way to feel a, a, a release or a euphoric feeling. And so, I mean, there's videos all over it. And, and just like in anything, there's a dark side and a light side to it. So I wrote the book in the style of that. So as I'm working on the audio book, it's going to be like in that ASMR style so that when you're listening to it, it, it is set in the style, like my cadence is in a way, like the way I wrote it and the way the things will hit will put you in that state. So you're struggling. You don't like you, you, you're ready to go smoke a cig and you're ready to go like rip a drink or, or do something, you know, that's showing it. That's like some people can do those substances and it doesn't affect them. That's totally. All right, guys, I think we had a technical difficulty. I think we lost Sam, um, but darn, I can't believe that we lost him. We are going to see if we could get Sam back on the line. The time is now 8.42 a.m. Due to technical difficulties, we are going to see if we can get Sam back um, and see what we can do and if we can update this posting uh, to put him on and see if we can get him back or get back in touch with him. Uh, you're tuned in to Aurora, excuse me, good morning, Aurora. Um, and yeah, we had our Sam, we had our co-host Salvatore, aka Sam, on uh, teaching us about ASMR and what our Friday selves would be happy with. Uh, but we unfortunately lost him. That is all for the day. I think we're going to go and see if we can reestablish connection with Sam. Uh, but we're going to post all of our links to everything, the article about qualified immunity for the police, and then also the article about reopening downtown Aurora's businesses as well. Um, so with that being said, I hope that you guys have a wonderful day, a very blessed and positive day. And thank you for tuning in to Good Morning Aurora, Aurora's first and only daily morning podcast and news show. Have a blessed day. Take it easy. Peace.